Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is PSG Small Talk for Saturday, March 3rd, 2018. On today's show, we cover the Neymar surgery news, Unai Emery's future or lack thereof, potential future coaches of Paris Saint-Germain, the 2-0 victory today in the league against Troyes, and the upcoming Champions League second leg, against Real Madrid. All right, so let's get into this uh, Neymar news really quickly. Over the week, it was found out that not only did Neymar sprain his right ankle, he also fractured the fifth metatarsal, which is the bone right underneath, right like, right on your little toe. So you look at your little toe, you go down a little bit, and right about there is where the fifth metatarsal is. That bone was fractured. I'm not sure if it was broken through the whole way. Conflicting reports on that. He had surgery today in Brazil. Uh, By all accounts, the surgery went well. And in about six weeks or so, they will determine when Neymar will return to training. So not six weeks and he's back to training. Six weeks... And then they'll reassess where the injury is and where they, uh, meaning PSG in Brazil. And I feel like they're going to kind of do this as a joint effort to sort of make sure that everyone is happy. And I think when you're PSG, it might be a little too accommodating. But I think this is a big deal for Brazil. Neymar is the star of Brazil. He's their hope to win their first World Cup in 16 years. So... You know, I can understand Brazil being a little paranoid about all of this and wanting to sort of have more control over the situation. So PSG kind of taking a back step here. And in six weeks, they will see how the bone is healed. And at this point, there's really no rehab you can do in the sense that you can't rehab a broken bone. Like if it was a if it was an ACL injury of some sort or if it was a tendon injury, you could do rehab activity to sort of strengthen the mu- strengthen the muscle, but with a bone, it's just basically let it let it heal, which is what he's going to have to do. Let it heal, take whatever pin out they use to sort of set the bone, and then eventually he'll have to return to training. So you think six weeks to make sure that the bone heals, about two to three weeks to get back into shape. So my assumption in all of this is that we will see Neymar again for PSG this year by the middle of May, which won't be a lot of games. It might be the final two games of the season plus the cup match. And, you know, heaven forbid we make it to the Champions League final, he may feature in that game too. But it won't be in a month and it probably won't be in two months. It'll probably be two months and a couple, uh, two months and a week. So, and I think it'll be pretty clear that he'll have to get some sort of game time in before the World Cup, and I don't think the international friendlies that they have right before the World Cup really count. So, I think it would be smart if Brazil and PSG could get him to play a couple of PSG games before the end of the year, just to sort of get his, um, just to sort of get him back into rhythm so that he's 100% ready to go for the World Cup. Moving on to more present news. T- 
today, PSG defeated Troyes 2-0 on the road. PSG now have 74 points in the league. They continue to hold their 14-point advantage over Monaco. And with 10 games to go, all they need to do is win six of them, and they guarantee themselves a seventh league on trophy. Now, talking about this game in specific, this was an interesting game when it came to the lineup. And what would Unai Emery do with his lineup, knowing that he had no Neymar, no Mbappe, no Cavani, no Pastore, no Marquinhos? And this was sort of a hodgepodge thrown together lineup. And um, just so you know, if you didn't watch the game, Draxler sort of played as a false nine to, you know, give it a, for lack of a better term. Christopher and Kunku played on the left wing. Angel Di Maria played on the right wing. Lachelso and Rabio were the forward midfielders, the center mids. Diara played behind them. Kurzawa on the left wing, on the left in the left back position. Silva, Kimpembe is the center backs, and Munier is the right back. And I think a lot of people wanted to see even more rotation. I think there were people looking for Caligari to play. I think there were people that were looking for Timothy Weah to play and start. Timothy Weah did end up playing in this game for about 10 minutes at the end. And I think there were a lot of people that were upset that he didn't play more. Now, this all goes into the Unai Emery discussion. And I've, at this point, come to the realization that I think most people have before me. Because I wanted to give Emery this year to sort of see what he did. And for a lot of the good that Unai Emery has done, and I can list a bunch of things that Unai Emery has done this year that have been really good for this club. The first thing I can list is the um, is the work he has done with Giovanni Lachelso. He's turned Lachelso into a guy who was getting five to ten minutes at the end of games last year to a guy who is a legitimate Liga starter who can give you minutes in Champions League games, maybe not well, but he can do it, and is one of the bright lights for this club going forward. That is a major accomplishment. I can also point to the fact, hold on, that he has done very good work with Adrian Rabio, and Adrian Rabio has elevated his game in the last two years to the point where He is a permanent PSG fixture going ahead if they can get the contract extended. Point to the work that he's done with Presno Kimpembe. He turned a guy that wasn't getting starts really at all under Laurent Blanc. And he has slowly gotten Kimpembe to a point where he is now challenging, if not usurping, Thiago Silva in major matches. If you saw him in this game against Troyes, he was all over the place. He was physical. He basically locked down Trois center, uh, center forward just by himself without any real help. He played almost like a defensive midfielder at times coming up the field. He's good with his passing. He's good with his one-on-one physicality. That has to be contribute. That has to be, um, in some ways credited to Unai Emery. And if people can kind of see past his tactical um, shortcomings, which I'll get to in a minute, 
they will understand that in the grand scheme of things, if PSG are to kind of fulfill their dream of winning the Champions League, they're going to do it with players like Kimpembe, Lachelso, and Rabiot, and Alphonse Ariola. He's ridden Alphonse Ariola this year, and if PSG don't upgrade at the goalkeeping position, which is not a given when it comes to the whole financial fair play deal, they may only have room to get one or two key players, and they may have to sell a couple to sort of make that happen. I've just named four guys that Unai Emery has had a direct result in making better. And he's also opened up the style of play. He's taken this team from more of a possession-based, sideways passing, you know, Laurent Blanc-style team, and he's made them more aggressive. He's made them better on the counter. Now, that has come with a little bit of a regression defensively. They're definitely not as good as they were defensively about a year or two ago when it was the Laurent Blanc era, but... Sometimes when you get better offensively, you get worse defensively. That's just kind of how it works. When the game opens up a little more, you get caught on counters, and that's what happens. PSG have scored 86 goals this year and have given up 19. They've scored the most in Liga, and they've given up the least in Liga, which is say, which is a real accomplishment. This team has dropped only... 10 points this entire season over 28 games. That is an accomplishment. But, and this is where the but happens, the reason that Unai Emery is probably 90% going to get fired at the end of this season or not have his contract renewed, because technically he's only on a two-year deal, the reason he will not be at this club next year is because in the Champions League, when tactics matter, and what mattering what matters more than tactics, adjustments. Tactics and adjustments. He's not great at either. In these big matches against good, well-disciplined, experienced teams. Tactically, he was good against Barcelona in the first leg, and part of that was because his plan A worked. They were defensively solid. They challenged in the middle of the field. They were able to hit out on the counter. It worked. Tactically, it worked. The second leg, the tactics didn't work. And he didn't have the adjustments necessary to sustain them through the entire game to hold the lead. Bayern Munich on the road this year. Same kind of situation. Bayern score early. PSG have a tough time tactically adjusting. Don't make the necessary substitutions to change the game around. Let's go to Real Madrid on the road at the Bernabeu about a month ago. Tactically, set up okay. Lo Celso was an iffy decision, but it didn't necessarily cost them in the big picture of that game. Sure, he gave up the penalty, but they were in the 82nd minute tied at one. They got exactly what they wanted. But when Real Madrid adjusted by bringing on Vasquez and Asensio, Emery did not counter enough. He didn't counter quickly enough, and he got burned. It's clear at this point with the sample size that we have 
that in the Champions League, in the major competition, the one that, for some reason, and I don't think this is necessarily smart, it's smart in some ways and it's not in others. Una, uh, PSG and Nasser Al-Khalifi have made their whole mission in life to win this competition. And in this competition, Unai Emery, tactically and adjustment-wise, has not been good enough. And that's why he won't be here. Not because he doesn't play academy players. Not because he doesn't do what you want him to do on the internet. You know, what the internet, or maybe I should say, what the internet wants him to do. What the fan base necessarily wants him to do. That's not why he's getting fired. Because I don't think Nasser Al-Khalifi listens to the fan base. I don't think he listens to the show. I don't think he reads Twitter. I don't think he has a Twitter. I think people that rich shouldn't have Twitters. I think they should just kind of chill around in their mansions and sit in hot tubs all day. They shouldn't be worried about what us little people think. What's going to make the difference and what made the difference for Unai Emery. As good as he's been in a lot of ways and as underrated a manager as he's been, he just can't get it done in the big competition when it comes to setting up his team and adjusting on the fly. When the plan A doesn't work, it's done. He has no plan B. And the great managers have plan Bs. So in the summer, PSG will be looking for a manager who I think this is going to be tough because there's a couple names that are floating around. I genuinely think it's going to be Antonio Conte. And the reason I think it's going to be Conte, excuse me, the reason I think it's going to be Antonio Conte is because Nasser likes to make a splash. And he really, <clears throat> he really can't make a, sp- a splash with players in this window because he has to sort of offset the financial fair play deal. And how do you make a splash after you sign Neymar? Like, how do you follow that up after signing Neymar and Mbappe in the same transfer window? It's very hard to follow that up. So the way he would do that is by signing a high-profile coach. I've heard um, the name Villaboa. I've heard um, maybe Pochettino. I'm not a Pochettino guy. I think he's. I think with him, it's a bit of smoke and mirrors. I think he's in a job that has absolutely zero pressure in a fa- coaching for a fan base that loves him regardless of what he does, where he doesn't get criticized, where there's a cult of personality around him. I think coming to Paris. And having to sort of prove himself with a different roster of players, with different expectations, that's going to be difficult for him. I don't think it will work with Pochettino. I think the I think it's Conte. And there's a lot of drawbacks to Conte. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not necessarily comfortable with a celebrity team having a quote-unquote celebrity manager. It's one of the reasons why I kind of like Emery, which is that he's kind of just this unassuming guy. Like, he's not there to be the star. He's there to sit back and kind of absorb some of the, the, the comments in the, in the media and just sort of be a background player. And with Conte, Conte's more of a look-at-me manager. The way he celebrates on the sidelines, the way he does his press conferences... <laughs> But 
I think it makes the most sense for all the parties involved. PSG want a high-profile manager. Nasser wants to make a splash in the uh, in the transfer window. Antonio Conte, I think he understands that England is now Pep's. Pep will win that league for the next three years. No one's touching Pep. Mourinho's going to understand that. Mourinho can't touch him. Damn sure Arsene Wenger can't touch him. Pochettino can't touch him. Pep has the Premier League on lock. He has it locked down. And Conte has to know that. And Conte knows that his best chance to sort of be the man again, after already winning a Premier League title, knowing he's probably not going to win another one for the next three, four years, his best chance is to go to France coach a team that has far more talent than any team possibly, and you know what, I'm not going to say that because that's wrong, the Juventus teams had more talent, some of them had more talent than this PSG team has. Not by much, but they had more talent, and they had more experience, and they had Buffon. So, Conte will go to a team that's far more talented than the Chelsea team he's at right now. I mean, if PSG played Chelsea, I think PSG would rip Chelsea apart. The Neymar PSG would rip Chelsea apart. And there will be issues with Conte, but I just, my gut is telling me that you're, that the next coach of Paris Saint-Germain is going to be Antonio Conte. He'll have the money to spend. He'll be in a league where he can kind of rest players. I think Conte will play more youth than Emery did. And I think your teams will be set up better tactically. They may not be as um, offensively minded in big games as you may like them to be, but you will see a team that is tactically well set up under Conte. Now, to just add a little bit about the Twa game today. There really wasn't much of a choice of what Emery could do. Maybe start Weah, but I don't think he could play 60-70 minutes in a uh, high-pressure professional game. Kid's 18 years old. He he's he's never actually made a professional start. He hasn't made that many youth league starts either. It's not like this guy has just games and games of experience. So it's better to just kind of ease him in. I thought in the times he was in for about the 15 minutes he was in, I thought Wea looked he looked like a potential professional player, a potentially really good professional player. He has some dynamic speed. He already knows how to make good runs off the shoulder of the defenders. He's solid on the ball. He had a good little chip into Mata the first time he touched the ball. And although he had his shot saved by uh, Zelazny, the Twa goalkeeper who prevented that game from being 5-6-0, he looked poised. He looked like he wasn't you know, fumbling over the ball. And a lot of things to take away from that, and one of those is in the next two, three years, there's a very good chance that when Edison Cavani leaves and Kylian Mbappe bumps inside to the nine, Timothy Weah will play off the wing with Kylian Mbappe. At some point this year, I would like to see the combination of Weah and Mbappe on the field at the same time. I think that would be absolutely fucking awesome. Uh, Trois are boring to watch. If Trois get relegated, I will not shed a tear for them. 
Um, Nive came on and made them a little better, but, I mean, Twa are just not very good. They're not interesting to watch. They don't play a brand of football that's very exciting. It, it was just sort of a easy sort of maintain game for PSG. Make sure nobody gets hurt. Make sure you get the three points. You keep the momentum going. Di Maria scored and got taken off. Unkunku scored on a goal where he was a little offside, but whatever. doesn't really make a difference. Twa could have played that game for 180 minutes and they would not have scored. Um, just as a side note, I thought Unkunku played pretty well. I think he deserves to have more minutes. He's kind of been buried on PSG's bench this year. And I think with the season sort of winding down in Liga, I think he deserves to get some starts. Now, on to Real Madrid. Uh, If you've noticed, I really haven't made as big a deal of this game as I did the first one, in the sense that I really feel like the home advantage is going to make the difference in the sense that I feel like PSG are going to be more confident. I think they were mildly confident the first time around. I don't think they were fully convinced that they could play with that team 100%. I think Neymar thought they could. I think certain players thought they could. But again, I think there was certain... I think there was a certain level of doubt. And it might be deep in the subconscious. But there was that certain level of doubt. And it came out at the end of that game. Where when Real Madrid turned the screw, PSG kind of crumbled. And that's, we've talked about this. It's their, it's their Achilles heel. They just cannot, when the pressure is really ramped up, they really just cannot turn it on and kind of ride through that storm. At home, they're a little better with that because they have the crowd behind them. They're not in a hostile territory. There's things that they can do that make them feel more comfortable in a home environment than on the road. And this is going to set up to be one of the best um, home atmospheres that PSG have had in years and years and years and years. Now, two things to kind of discuss really quickly before I go. The starting lineup, what I think the starting lineup will be... And what I think the end result of this game will be. Now, what I'm looking for lineup-wise is... I'm pretty sure what it is. Let's just go through it. Mbappe, Cavani, Di Maria, Rabiot, Verratti. And the six is going to be interesting because it's between Mata and Last. There's no way Lachelso starts this game. I think... When it comes to sort of continuity, when it comes to experience, and when it comes to sort of going out with, theoretically, what your best 11 in this situation would be, I'm pretty sure Tiago Mata starts. Now, I don't think he'll finish the game, but I'm pretty sure in this situation he'll start. On the back line, if Marquinhos is healthy, Marquinhos will play. So it all depends on if Marquinhos is... um, Balky quad will respond in the way that it needs to respond. If he's healthy, it will be Marquinhos and Kimpembe. 
Because Kimpembe just right now is just a better player than Silva. And you need that physicality and you need that presence. If it's not, it will be, if Marquinhos is not healthy, it will be Silva and Kimpembe. Your right wing is going to be Danny Alves. And your left wing, I think, um, on the basis of today, because Kozawa started, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Yuri. So a lot less doubt in this lineup, I think, than the one on February the 14th. Now, on to the question of if they're going to win the game or not. I think they win the game. I think at home, they have something to prove. I think even without Neymar, I think PSG will be able to generate enough chances and Kylian Mbappe and Edinson Cavani and Angel Di Maria are a good enough, formidable offensive front line to score a couple of goals in this game. Now, the question is, and this is what's going to have to happen, can PSG keep Real Madrid off the scoreboard for 90 minutes? It is a Herculean task. And I think they're going to have to, because once you lose Neymar, the chance of scoring four or five goals kind of goes away. There would have to be a really special set of circumstances that would have to happen for PSG to score that many goals. Now, some of that might come down to if Kroos or Modric play. I think they will. I think they're being rested. I think they're being uh, precautious with them. I think they're taking precautions with them. I think they play. And I think they'll play fairly well. I think it's too big of a game and it's too big of a risk to not play them. But still, they won't be a they won't be completely 100% and they might depending on how healthy they are, they might be defensive liabilities going back. But can PSG keep Real Madrid off the board. Now, I don't think they can. Just my opinion, I don't think they can be um, focused enough for 90 minutes and strong enough for 90 minutes, and I think Real Madrid are just too good to keep off the scoreboard. My final score is going to be PSG 2, Real Madrid 1, Real Madrid advance on aggregate 4 to 3. So, Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, PSG Talking. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I will be live Tuesday after the game, immediately as it ends, with a PSG Talk Live. And make sure to watch that. Make sure to look at our website. Visit our Patreon page at psgtalk.com. Hopefully Paris surprised me. I'd really love to see it. This has been PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon. Au revoir for now.